0: Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. REMAX of Hot Springs Village. The award-winning REMAX of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007. Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm ike and his award-winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around hot springs village since 1998 ike has qualified for state farms president's club chairman circle and hot springs village insurance agent of the year call ike eisenhower state farm today at 501-984-4100 that's 501-984-4100 Find them online at IkeEisenhower.net. Call them today for all your insurance needs because, like a good neighbor, Ike Eisenhower State Farm is there.
1: When you know you have somebody in charge of crisis control, they have a whiteboard on the back. To- <laughs> that's
2: right. That's right.
1: <laughs> you can't live without Mr. Ken. Time. I'm sorry, Ken, say that? I said, you can't live without a whiteboard. You can't have a disaster no, without a whiteboard. No, no, I, You know, I, Diane and I have been watching back episodes since we've had a little time, you know, being snowed in and such. Uh-huh. But we've been watching back episodes of uh, 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 Big Bang Theory. And they have mm-hmm. these huge whiteboards. And secretly, I'm a geek engineer in the background. And I'm like, hmm, now what would that look like over by the fireplace? I, I need a. I may need a whiteboard. But yeah, you permanent need a, That's the only advice. a permanent oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just just the right <laughs> race. That's right. Uh, what does it look like when you have a crisis and Todd Knowles texts you at 4 30 in the morning?
2: Uh you know you have a problem. You know you have a problem <laughs> when Todd Knowles texts you at 4 30 in the morning. Uh so uh
1: He usually you know, waits at know, least
2: till 5 45. Yeah, and and it's interesting. We we uh we had done a drill on our disaster recovery plan tied to our dams and our general EOP at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, and I, and I generally laugh about drills, not because they're not important. But, you know, when, when you live in the village long enough, you know, you're going to have enough disasters each, each year that you'll be able yeah. to affect your disaster plan without fault, you know, without fail. And, uh, you sure will enough, have a test whether you want to or not, right? That's right. So sure enough, we, uh, we activated our EOC bridge that morning. I came in at around 5, uh, and, you know, uh, the beauty of that whole episode, you know, you know outside of the 1,000 people plus that had no power was, you know, by 9.30 that morning, all the crews that mobilized uh, had removed, you know, well over 300 trees um, off the roads. And uh, so for many residents... In parts of the village they didn't even know that there was really anything going on um as a result of the actions of the poa employees so i you know it was a, it was an outstanding effort it was a, it was a great execution of our eop as far as you know opening our bridge and and getting uh resources assembled getting them rolling and uh and you know cleaning up quicker than most people probably would have expected so um,
0: oh, well and, and we even had tower
2: we even had the utilities engaged Early, so they they had known the storm was coming. They they were somewhat staged, and when we notified them that morning, they were actually they were ready to go and, and got power back fairly quickly to you know those those impacted residents. So it was uh, now.
1: Now let's be very specific here. That was not the winter storm. That was the the rainstorm before it. Is that correct? Yeah, that was the
2: prelude. That was
1: that that was the prelude <laughs> storm to the winter stuff
2: That was the sixty degree storm versus the zero degree storm that we went into mm-hmm. Sunday, which. You know, again, there I, I I would I give kudos to uh, our teams, PD, fire, um, streets, common property. We had we had a, a multi-departmental effort there that started actually on Sunday. So you know, most people don't realize it, but we we pre we pre-stage for these events. We, we're watching the weather. That's why you see those email blasts come out from us. And and we actually had our crews out sanding and, and preparing the roads prior to the start of that storm. Um, so, you know, while, you know, there were certainly, you know, and and a lot of this is expectations. I mean, there's people that probably move here and and don't necessarily understand, you know, about the POA and our, you know, how we're equipped and, and what our charter is. But, you know, I like to tell people, you know, our, our, our charter is life safety. We're, we're focused on main roads. We're focused on helping public service, you know, public safety. Uh, and, and unfortunately we had a a lot of incidents where we were supporting public safety rather than, than plowing and, and sanding side streets. But, you know, from a main road perspective, our teams were, uh, did an impeccable job. Uh, they, they were on it. They slept, they worked 12 hour shifts. They slept some cases in the office. Um, Todd did several nights. Um, so, you know, there was a herculean effort, uh, around, uh, what happened this past week. And, uh, you know, it's just rolled into now the rains and uh, into the potholes. But, um, you know, we can always you can always do better. But, you know, I our, our, our think our, our approach to this, uh, you know, what I would call extreme weather that we don't usually experience was uh, was about as good as we could expect, um, given the resources we have.
1: So. Well, you know, Randy is the co-host here on Hot Springs Village Inside Out, and he makes note that um, he works with city municipalities all over Texas, right? He's a consultant to them. And okay. his comment is, is that, you know, the vast majority, I'm talking 90% plus, if they turn on the water tap and it works, and and the, the, the mail comes and the power works and the streets are paved and, and the ambulance shows up, we're good. We don't need anything. But in yeah. the back you guys are actually practicing for a worst-case scenario. Okay, well, what happens if? Because, you know, the, the last thing you want to say is, wow, I was really surprised by the storm. It's okay if I say that. It's not okay if the, the municipality says that, right? Sure, sure. And, you know, and, and
2: that you know brings up another point. Our, our utility people were preparing. Uh, they, they were out there in that cold helping individuals who pipes had, had frozen uh, where they could uh, to make sure that they had service still. So, you know, there was a, again, a, a wholehearted effort on the part of the POA to, uh, try to respond to this. And for the most part, you know, outside of people complaining that they couldn't get out you know, of their street, you know, um, you know, our, our teams, you know, did a heck of a job staying on top of this and, and doing what they could to ensure that those basic services and, and ability to people were, were there. So, you know, and, and, you know, the one thing that, that's kind of interesting here, and, and I, and I see this in, in a certain areas but the storm really brought it out was that there were days where there were people on the east side that probably didn't have a problem getting out you know because we had the main roads pretty clear right so they you know they were like you know you would hear them or say oh you know there's no problems in the village you can get out you know don't worry about it you know but but you go to the west side you go to the north or south and you're up in the mountain areas yeah you know those people don't have the same experience and Mm -hmm. uh you know our residents hopefully uh need to uh, expand their view on what the the, the 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 emphasis of the village and how big it is, and uh, the different environments that exist here, and, mm-hmm. and make sure you know as a as a community we're not putting people in harm's way by what we're saying because you know we put out multiple messages. Don't go out unless you have to, and I can tell you the one day we had thirty people that we were we just were help PD and fire respond to, and that's where the plows have to go because they got to get people in there to to help these people. So. You know, when when we when we say something, it's 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 for your best interest. We don't we don't do it to uh, to kind of keep you cooped up. We're trying to keep you out of trouble.
1: (laughs) Well, so so one of the things that people don't know, I'm here on the west end. We're on Lake DeSoto, one of the larger lakes on this end. You know, the only only, you know, DeSoto golf course is by us. I'm Mm. roughly at eight hundred and twenty five, eight hundred and fifty feet across DeSoto from me. It rises to well over eleven hundred very, very quickly. Yep. But when you come in the East Gate, you're around five hundred feet. Yep. And and many times Diane, who works in the Hot Springs village in the Valley of the Vapors, I will call and say, Honey, it's getting bad. You need to come home. Oh, it's just raining here in Hot Springs. And I'm like, You're not listening. It's com it's a completely different thermocline here. And it's not only that, it's a thermocline from the east to the west. Very likely. Yeah. I tell the story that it was a rainy, drizzly day, kind of a beautiful, foggy day, but you know, kind of gray. I got in my car, and there was more- there was fog around here and everywhere got in my car drove a left my house meant a quarter of a mile to de Soto, crossed on de Soto went up uh- B- um, oh Valencia no i'm uh Belina, i guess mm-hmm. went up velina, got up toward the top, had not gone a half mile. The road was completely iced over, every tree was bent over every pine tree was covered in ice, and I was not a half mile from my house. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. I have a friend who lives back here on Macero over by Lake Lago, right? He he yeah. complains for days. Nobody's plowing our streets. Nobody can get up there, man. You yeah. don't have to call on your hands and knees to get there. Yeah, we have,
2: you know, in, in the POA, we, we have, you know, several plow vehicles. We have two sanding vehicles, right? Now. So, you know, we got 468 miles of road, 115 miles of major roads, and we have two, you know, two sanders with plows on them. And then we have some other plows, but they're not, you know, they're not equipped to. You know, try to get up some of these roads. So you're yeah. right. I mean, you know, we, and, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do more than that, honestly. You know, people are like, well, you know, you need to prepare, you need to be plant, you know, prepared for events like this. Well, you know, if that's the case, then then everybody here should be, should own a four wheel drive or an all wheel drive. They should all have snow shovels mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, they should all be prepared for and it change. themselves. Right. They change. change. So they should all prepare for it themselves if that's true. So it's not true. You know, we live in the South. This was an anomal, anomaly event, as far as I'm concerned. And hopefully we're not have anything yeah. like this the rest of the year. Um, And you can see from the potholes how extreme it was, because, you know, when was the last time we had a snowstorm that we lost? You know, we we have potholes galore like it's happening across the state. So, you know, this was definitely hopefully a once in a 10 year event or longer. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, You know, we don't want to invest our money in a fleet of uh, a fleet of snow plows and sanders that that get used once every 10 years. So, um, yeah,
1: well, uh, so a lot of people will say, you know, you see the average farmer. Ken, I'm like you. I'm a problem solver. I'm certainly not an engineer, but I'm a problem solver. And I, I look at a, at a farm, and I think they've got 50,000 acres that they need to, to harvest once a year or maybe twice a year. And they're going to spend a million dollars on a huge combine, or they're going to rent one, or they're going to just make allowances to do it over a few days. That's mm-hmm. it. We're exactly in that scenario. We don't need um, several million-dollar snow plows for a once-in-10-year event, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think as a resident, I, I don't think that's a good investment of our money, for sure. So, you know, we're going to do the best we can with what we got. and You know, hopefully people will uh, work with us on that and, and do what we ask. And then the event will be over and it'll be 55 degrees and, or 63 degrees. What is it today? 63. Kind of and, nice, and
1: isn't it? Kind of kind of spring-like, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit spring-like. Let's, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. But uh, It's it is our like weather was trying to kill us last week. It was just, you know, Trying to kill us. It was just you know fatally low in temperatures, right? Yeah. I saw a lady yeah. on on Facebook who had it was on well, it was Facebook yeah who had commented mm-hmm. that she saw no reason whatsoever to drip her faucets. That was silly. She was from Wisconsin and they never had to drip their faucets. So Randy and I did a little outtake on this, but I'm sharing this with you. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was our house sitting on the lake. Uh, on, on the as you look at the house on the left hand side, there's a water line that comes down. That water line is probably buried between twelve and fourteen inches deep, right? It comes into the basement on that side of our house and goes across to the other side of our house to where our bedroom is. That's the furthest terminus, as we would say. Mm-hmm. I always leave that water dripping. If the water flows through everything else, it ought to make it there. We ought to be okay, right? right. We're out of town. One of our one of our our, our maintenance people has the doors open. The the cabinet doors open. They're dripping water at all the faucets. We come home after three weeks because we've been on a cruise. And when we get back, we're snowed out. Uh, I walk in and there's no water dripping at all. I am now nervous, Ken. I'm now nervous. (laughs) I turn the faucet on a little longer and I hear a. It was beginning to freeze in the line. Yeah, but literally yeah. we showed up in time and turned it on and it came through no problem, no damage, no nothing. Now, I think Miss Wisconsin probably has a friend now and his name's the plumber. Right. Yeah, because uh, w- 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 on the trip we were at, we were actually on a, on a cruise. We get off, we we go meet some other people and they're from Quebec. And I asked the guy, I said, you know, we have typically we'll have an R-19, a, a, a R value of 19 on our ceilings and our walls. And he said, ours are R-90 from Quebec. And mm. the other thing that went through my head for Miss Wisconsin was if I'm not mistaken, Ken, and higher northern climates, you don't put water pipes on the outside wall. Is that correct? I wouldn't think you would. I mean, I I certainly wouldn't, you know. Every one of mine is here in the village because we're in a different thermocline. We're in a different climate condition, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the it's not something you uh
2: you take into consideration what happened this past week when you're you know designing anything here frankly you don't uh, you don't over design for something that happens you know
1: once in a blue moon i mean that's, yeah. that's not common sense so yeah. well and it's silly it's, it's even let's go down to um uh, one of the nurseries the garden nurseries and i guarantee you they have a range of plants that are designed to live in this kind of weather and last week was not this kind of weather right yeah. So you you'll have dead plants that wouldn't have died any other time of the year, but they weren't ready to get down to three degrees or six degrees for any a prolonged length of time, right? And that's right.
2: They have zones, you know, plants, uh, plant zones. They call them, I guess, basically where where yeah. they are yeah. uh, adaptable to, and if it gets outside that normal zone range, they're they're gonna they're gonna have a
1: problem. So so if anybody wants to buy me some resilient rosemary and help me because I'll I'll be needing to replant that soon. I'm just letting you know that we covered ours last year. <laughs> Yeah, we we
2: covered ours, so hopefully it survives. because We did lose one of those like uh, five years ago in in, in a similar. Well, Ken, i tell you
1: what. Thanks for this episode. I appreciate it. I wanted to talk about the weather. We'll join with you again soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good good.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hot springs